Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 21st, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Telly on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we had a couple things happen in the podcast feed over the weekend. First, on mm. Saturday night in Patreon, then Sunday morning in the regular feed, I had my latest episode of Tell Me More, in which I spoke with Jasmine Forsberg, who, if you've been listening, you know I've been a fan of hers for a while. She is currently starring as Maria Luisa and Amelda's inner voice in Here Lies Love on Broadway, where she just brings the house down in some some nice little moments in the middle of the show. But she is somebody that I have followed since I reviewed her in a production of Carrie back in 2015. What's interesting about this is when I talked to her, Grace, she very much remembered that review that I wrote about her eight years ago. And we discuss it. And uh, she told me some things that I did not know, which was kind of exciting about that. So she was just as excited to talk to me as I was to talk to her. And of course, I relayed how much my nephew loves her as well. So she was very sweet about that. But a great conversation about Here Lies Love, what it's been like to make her Broadway debut in this show as a Filipino-American starring opposite Leia Salonga and uh, a really great conversation. She's also having her first 54 Below show coming up in November. So please take a listen to that. And then I jumped in and pinch hit on This Week on Broadway for James as he was having some travel delays, some airline delays. So I spoke with Peter and Michael. Peter talked about uh, Uncle Vanya in the loft that Ashley and I saw a couple weeks ago. Uh, Michael discussed going down to Washington, D.C. to see uh, the Bridges of Madison County and Fun Home down there. So lots of conversations about that. We also discussed the Meryl Streep Ashley Park number in Only Murders in the Building. So lots of great stuff in that episode as well. Of course, if you want to hear everything that we have before anyone else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, we are recording earlier on Sunday, so El Mago Pop has not officially opened while we are recording... But by the time this episode comes out, it will have opened at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. We will have the full review recap on tomorrow's episode. But as you mentioned last week, Grace, you went and saw the show on Friday night. And I want to just kind of get your your basic thoughts. It is not a traditional theatrical piece. It is an illusion show. It is written and performed by Antonio Diaz. Diaz directed it alongside uh, Mag Laurie as well. And even though... Antonio Diaz, El Mago Pop is not necessarily like a huge name in the American sphere of illusion and magic. That's a pretty popular name and and star in other parts of the world, Grace. Yeah, it's also interesting. I mean, he just opened this giant facility in Branson, Missouri. So like uh, American audiences are starting to flock to him. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he learned English three months ago for this show. Like it is kind of astounding that he did not fluently speak English before, but they said, hey, we're bringing this to Broadway. It's one of his big dreams. You can see like there's a, you know, of course, like every magic or illusion to show there's like you know that exciting like hype trailer right before the show starts because that you you want to get a picture for this person if you're not as totally familiar with him um and it talks about the people that had been at the the barrymore theater before him and how like it's very exciting to him he's obviously also a big film fan so i'm not trying to spoil anything but you might hear power of love by Huey Lewis at another theater. I saw um, your I saw your Instagram or TikTok post or whatever about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Three different uh, theaters so, or whatever. Yeah. 
three, possibly three possibly theaters three. on Broadway this year um, that feature Huey Lewis and the news is power of love, which God bless him. I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a really fun, exciting show. I will say I was sitting three rows behind Patrick Page and he seemed to enjoy the show very much as well with, was, with Paige Page. I was going to say it was yes. Page Page with him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I was also sitting behind some of the cast members of Harmony. So I feel like they're scoping out the theater before they get in for for uh, Harmony coming mm-hmm. in uh, to in the Barrymore as well. Yeah, yeah but um, I, I don't know anybody that did not leave that theater smiling and and full of wonder. It was super fun. It made me want to watch his Netflix series as well. So um, congratulations to their whole team. I know it's it's been quick, but like what an incredible feat to be the youngest illusionist, I think, ever to, to be on the stage. And the show is just running for like, I think it's like 10 or 11 performances. It's like practically it- sold out. That, which right. is awesome, which is great. Uh, and it's running through Sunday, this coming Sunday, August 27th. And you mentioned to me before when we were talking, like, not to prejudge an audience, but it looked like it was an audience that was not the traditional New York theater going audience. No, just in listening, um, the predominant language, when I entered the theater, people were speaking Spanish to each other. And I was like, I don't know the last time that I entered a theater where there was an overwhelming sense yeah. of a different language than um, English being spoken. And that really excites me. Um, I always hope that when opportunities are presented like this, that this is not the first and final time uh, that someone enters a Broadway theater that is not already, you know, a, a theater going Broadway audience. But um, it's kind of amazing. Like it's practically sold out. It's kind of up there because it's such a limited run and he's such a huge superstar. So um, if you have the opportunity, great. I saw a lot of people holding the flyers, you know, outside and that excited me. So yeah, who knows? Love that. All right, we're going to get into the news. But if you were listening to this in Patreon before 9 a.m. on Monday morning, we're going to have to let you go because there's a, a news story that we can't talk about until then. So I will drop in a new version when this embargo lifts. If you're listening in the regular feed, we have a story that only you will hear for the time being. But that is that the new musical adaptation of the S.E. Hinton novel and Francis Ford Coppola movie, The Outsiders, will be coming to Broadway this season. The musical will begin performances at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater on March 16th with an opening night on April 11th. We have talked about this before. The book is by Adam Rapp and Justin Levine. The music and lyrics is by Jamestown Revival, which is a band. Huge. Yeah, like a huge band. I don't know a ton about them, so maybe you can tell me a little bit more about them. Um, Justin Levine also um, added music and lyrics and is the music supervisor, arranger, and orchestrator. Choreography is by Rick and Jeff Cooperman, and it is directed by Danya Tamor. Yes. So this had an out-of-town tryout at the La Jolla Playhouse earlier this year. Multiple extensions, really well received. There really weren't a ton of names in this production, like the ones that you might have heard of are Sky Lakota Lynch, who was in Dear Hansen on Broadway. He played Johnny and Ryan Vasquez played uh, Daryl in this. The rest of the folks, I don't I don't really know a ton of these well, names. It's funny. Everybody's talking about what is Ryan going to do? You know, there's water for elephants. There's yes. the outsiders and there's the notebook that he's been attached to for the past two years. So who knows which show he's actually going to go do? Yeah, it's a it's a good time to be Ryan Vasquez when three shows that you were in the out of town tryouts for are all going to come to Broadway at the same time. Sucks for him that he can't do all three of them because uh, obviously they're all going to be on Broadway or at least aiming to be on Broadway at the same time. But I'm interested with this. I don't know, Grace, if they did this when you were a kid. But when I was a kid, like everyone we, read it. Yeah, we had to read The Outsiders, like which looking back on it now, I would imagine it probably gets banned by a lot of people in uh, different uh, school districts across the country. But 
an interesting topic to be to be a musical. It's set in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 1967, with like these hard teenagers who kind of fight for survival, kind of like gangy type stuff in the late 60s. But I, I don't know much about Jamestown Revival. So give us a little bit of like, what is their style of music and why or why not does it work with this story? There's there's two musicals in the works that are, I think, kind of fascinating and taking these like really like, you know, strong, masculine, but incredibly vulnerable um, stories. One is The Outsiders, the other is Swept Away. I was and say, you, with the Avett brothers, yeah. Exactly. So you've got two bands that are really rooted in that, like, deep, kind of, like, modern bluegrass, folk, a little bit of rock, like, country vibe. And I think that they translate quite well on stage. I did not get to see The Outsiders at La Jolla, um, however, I will never forget exactly, I think, five, four or five years ago, I got to see some of the breakdown when they were first casting before COVID and everything. And I happened to be at an event that was a Marvel event that night. And I ran into Ralph Macchio and said, oh, it's so crazy. I was just rewatching The Outsiders because they're making it a musical. He goes, no way. I had no idea. I know about the Karate Kid one, though. Very <laughs> so, fun. Very fun. Um, yeah, like I just have a very vivid memory of when that first mu- that musical started to kind of like cultivate. But I've always been fascinated by Essie Hinton's work. If you don't know, the original writer of the book, Susan Eloise Hinton, had to go by mm-hmm. the pseudonym S.E. Hinton to get that book published because nobody would accept a female writer writing this story about a bunch of boys, which is why I think it's there's just something really beautiful about it. I hope that the show translates in this way. I'm very excited about it, as you can tell. Uh, so I, I can't wait to hear and see more of it. I know that some of those cast members that were at La Jolla, some of them are doing current Broadway projects. So I'm curious if they're able to transfer with it because it would be a shame to not do that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really, really pumped. <laughs> yeah, this one will be interesting. I, you know, we've talked about the fact that like, it seemed a little slow in terms of announcements. It's starting to pick up. We discussed the Water for Elephants thing last week. We've got this coming in. Lots we of are, books. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, adaptations there. Also expect Limpica at some point this season. So it's starting to shape up. We're starting to get an idea as to what the bones of this season will look like. Obviously, there will be things still to be announced, and, and that's always really exciting. But we're starting to get an idea as to what this season will be like. And it is interesting, like the the new musicals, not including the ones that have already opened, but like the ones that are still coming either in the fall or the spring seem to be more serious and prestige to me, Grace, than maybe we've had in recent seasons where obviously we have those in there, but we, you know, we had Once Upon a One More Time already in Back to the Future, but th- there's not a ton of IP or jukebox musicals that at least as of now we have planned for the season. You mentioned the, the Power of Love Huey Lewis show, so maybe that one comes in as well and kind of throws a little bit in there, but like right now we've got some like some serious heavy dramatic musicals that are that are planning to be a part of this season which is kind of exciting and a little different from what we've seen in recent years bring sing street back if you guys are going to keep adapting mm. stuff where i like the music a whole lot bring that motherfucker back I'm i excited. love that i love that yeah. movie like and i'm really Me sad too. that it never had the opportunity to, to i don't think like, it's dead no. I, I, don't, I don't think it's dead in the water but i think that if yeah, I think it'd be a good time. I think that the the other things on the street actually uplift its opportunity more than it being an outlier in, in, in other seasons. I really do. Yeah, and that's a different type of IP because 
it wasn't like Back to the Future huge, and it's also not Britney Spears huge. Like, is it, it? I mean, obviously, it's like has, Kinky Boots, where it's it was a sure. like a, a really niche B like European UK film that kind of picked up in the states when it came to streaming, and then you kind of developed this really cool piece out of it that people were surprised by. They thought it was original, so I think it's I think it more likens itself that way than The Outsiders being so famous. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously it was written and directed by John Carney. He was also the director for and writer for Once. So we've seen the uh, the type of work that he does on screen being adapted for the stage very successfully as well. And I think that would work, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, our next news story, unfortunately, is a sad one. As we learned on Saturday that Emmy and Drama Desk winner and Tony nominee Ron Cephas Jones died on Saturday at the age of 66, following what was described as a long-standing pulmonary issue. He was a stalwart of both stage and screen, appearing as Richard III for the public theater in a Shakespeare mobile unit production, working often with Stephen Adley Girgis. Of course, we talked quite a bit about his final Broadway credit, which was his Tony-nominated turn in Lynn Nottage's Clyde's back in late 2021 into 2022, a production that they live-streamed a couple dozen or a dozen or so times. So many people got the opportunity to see that, even if they couldn't make it to the Helen Hayes Theater. He, of course, is also the father of Jasmine Cephas Jones, who originated the roles of Peggy Schuyler and Mariah Reynolds in Hamilton, both off-Broadway and on-Broadway. The two of them made history in 2020 when they became the first father and daughter duo to win Emmy Awards in the same year. Actually, Ron had four Emmy nominations, winning two, both of them as uh, for guest starring roles in his ongoing recurring role on the TV show This Is Us. You know, as we have seen since his passing, Grace, so many people are are talking not only just about him as a performer and, and they were fans of his, but everyone, including like Wendell Pierce, talking about what an incredible performer and human being he was and what a, an especially probably under tapped talent like he worked so much on stage and screen but like probably didn't necessarily receive the acclaim that he should have he started to get it later in his career but such an unbelievable performance and i know i believe you and i both raved about him in clyde's because he really stole that show and deservedly so got a tony nomination but really sad to hear that he died so young and had so much else that he could have given so we are heartbroken over the loss, not only for his family, but for the theater community and, and TV and film audiences as well. So last week, The Hollywood Reporter reported that film star Shia LaBeouf is set to make his stage debut in the world premiere of David Mamet's new play, Henry Johnson. It is being directed by the L Word Generation Q showrunner, uh, Marja Lewis Ryan, and the play follows, quote, the plight of a man after an act of compassion upends his life. It is set to open on September 1st at the Electric Lodge in Venice, California. It'll have a four-week run through September 24th. In a statement, LaBeouf said, quote, I am incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to work with David Mamet. His talent and creativity are unparalleled, and it is truly an honor to collaborate with arguably our greatest living playwright. Slow your role there, Shia. Like, I get you're working with him, but let's, you know, come on now. This is not the first time that we have had Shia LaBeouf news in and around the theater. 
Grace, as you reminded me, and you can maybe talk about some of these details because I don't remember all of them. He was announced to be coming to Broadway over a decade ago in a show uh, alongside Alec Baldwin, and that never happened. He was, I believe, arrested during a performance of cabaret as well he was so, escorted out i don't think he was totally arrested but it was it was he accosted alan cumming and yes. uh was really disrupted during cabaret over at roundabout theater so yeah so remind us about the story about his aborted broadway debut back in 2012 yeah he was meant to star opposite alec baldwin and orphans um if you all remember in 2012 that news went live uh, that this was supposed to be at the Schoenfeld Theater. Obviously, things changed. I think that there was like some upheaval with the two of them opposite each other. Uh, and ultimately that he did not uh, make Orphans on Broadway. But yeah, so it's just there's a lot of tumultuousness. I don't know how far along we are in the FK Twigs abuse allegation yeah. lawsuit, which I find not only disturbing, but also it's it's incredibly challenging for for me to have reviewed it because to be frank, a lot of the things that FK Twigs alleges against Shia is just really unforgivable. And unfortunately, and we've also learned that Honey Boy, the film that he created uh, that I deeply loved, um, I really, I don't know how to feel about this piece now, um, but a lot of it- Which stars FKA had, Twigs. Which stars his former girlfriend, FKA Twigs. It turns out that a lot of that, most of it was made up, even though this was meant to be a piece that highlighted some of his like upbringing and like child abuse that he experienced supposedly and his dealings with Disney and whatnot. Apparently, a lot of that is false and it was used as kind of like, you know, abuse porn, if you will, uh, for uh, audiences and just, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I guess if you were to if you were to ask me who what playwright would possibly pick up Shia at this yeah. point in his life, I would have probably said this guy. So I'm not sure. I always hope and believe in redemption, but at the same time, if someone continues and continues to wrong people and especially hurt people both emotionally and physically, I I really have no space for it. And I don't think that there are a Ton, there are tons of talented actors. I don't think that you have to uh, like redeem quote cancel culture if that's what he's doing here. I really don't understand. So I hope we learn more and I hope that I'm wrong. But what what are we doing? Yeah. So just to kind of give you a little bit of clarity on that, uh, FKA Twigs, who is a singer, dancer, even actress, songwriter, um, filed a lawsuit in December of 2020 against Shia LaBeouf, uh, accusing him of sexual battery assault and infliction of emotional distress during their relationship. In his response, LaBeouf stated that he had been, quote, abusive to himself and those around him, quote, for years, and that he was ashamed and sorry to those he hurt. But then he uh, later denied all allegations made by FK Twigs, real name Barnett, which is probably something that his lawyers made him do. So we don't have a, a resolution on that as of now, but it is certainly something to keep an eye on. And I'm sure anybody who reviews it will have to uh, talk about that as well. 
All right, real quick, other few stories here. We already knew that Leia Salonga would be playing her final performance in Here Lies Love on Saturday. Taking over for her will be Renee Acasio. She steps into the full-time role of Aurora Aquino. But starting on September 22nd, they will have another limited engagement guest star. And this will be popular Filipino actress Vina Morales, who will be making her Broadway debut. She is scheduled to play Aurora Aquino from September 22nd through October 22nd second so another huge star in in the world of of filipino entertainment and arts and somebody anybody following leia salonga's uh lead obviously has to have some dynamics uh, about them as well but it seems like this one will fit that bill pretty well grace all right let's wrap up the show with a recommendation and grace this is one that comes from you a comedy one woman show or 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 (laughs) No. Uh, so Sam Schweber has, uh, if you if you got to see, and thank you again for coming, if you did or you live streamed it, um, of Sweet Meat at Joe's Pub. I hope to do the show again one day. Shout out again to Joe's Pub. Thank you for everything. You're amazing. Um, Sam Schweber is one of our, uh, one of my favorite comics, um, just in general. Um, she's a songstress. She, she does a lot of stand-up, uh, but she has created this show called The Real Teachers Union. Sammy Schweber presents a comedy show for teachers and every, anyone who has ever been taught anything. It's got Josh Gondelman, who is an incredible comic. If you heard him on his podcast, like he's really, really popular within the storytelling community as well. Liz Glazer, Electra Tellis Ford, and then Jared Waters. But it's August 25th at 7 p.m. at Caveat. If you've never been to Caveat, it's kind of like the new UCB in New York City. And it's in a basement and it's cool. And they have like 100 popcorn salts to choose from. So if you like popcorn and you like comedy and also you want to see some talented people, you should go to this show because tickets are also like only 20 bucks. Maybe it's not bad at all. So it's $20. You can $10 live stream it. But um, I just I want to shout out somebody who I think is not only incredibly talented. I don't know how she's not famous yet, but also just like another fun show to see in New York City. We try to present you some theatrical things, but also theater adjacent. And this is definitely that. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>